Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me live, Nathan Golia. That's right, everybody. I'm uh, in Brooklyn with Zach today. I'm on a business trip to New York, and we actually just got to play some Legacy together for the first time in almost a year. It's got to be about, about a year, yeah. It would have been, I guess, last August. We played at a Star City side event. Yeah, that's right, yep. Uh, so, I think I played Miracles in that, and I, I beat somebody playing Pox with uh, Future Sight. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't remember what I played, but tonight I played John and lost miserably. <laughs> I played Rogue Delver and also lost miserably. Yeah, I, I didn't want to bring my blue duels on the plane. It seems like a little, little edgy with you know how the prices are going recently. Yeah, um, I don't know what I would do without blue duels in this format, honestly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I can't even think of a. I, I can play a lot of decks in, in this format, and I don't think I can play anything without blue duels right now. I used to play Merfolk, but I don't have any of those cards anymore, so that's not going to work. Yeah, you can play Blue Duels in that just, you know, for show if you wanted to, right? Just open yourself up to Wasteland. Tropical Island, Aether Vial, go, right? Well, Zach, uh, there were actually a lot of pretty big legacy tournaments, so I thought we could do a paper meta checkup. Um, One thing that often happens when we're talking about the legacy meta is that a lot of the results come from Magic Online. But we had five paper tournaments last week with all the, at least 60 people. So I think that's some nice size of tournaments. Um, and I put together a little meta breakdown here uh, of some of the top decks. So I looked at the top eights of all these tournaments to see what, what did well. Cool. So uh, for the purposes of this discussion, there was a Titanium Games uh, open event that was in Massachusetts, 60 players. Channel Fireball, 2.5K, wherever Channel Fireball is in California, do you know? No idea. Bay Area? I don't know. 86. Uh, MKM, Magic Card Market Series in Prague, had 88 players. Gigabytes Quarterly, that's Atlanta, had 84 players. And the big one was a Grand Prix Kyoto side event with 209 players in Japan. So we've got results from all over the United States and Europe and Asia. That is literally all over the place. Maybe we'll Antarctic Legacy Tournament someday. That'd be like a like a whole all-inclusive package, right? Yeah, yeah. You do that. They they throw the, the they make you watch the movie The Thing by John Carpenter. <laughs> you take a boat. We take like a leaf sail out from the Cape of Good Hope. Okay, so the deck that appeared the most in top eights, and I sort of I grouped I I looked at all of them and then I sort of grouped them into these Uber groups. But I'm just gonna say this because I think it's helpful. There were seven Delver decks. There were three Grixis Delver decks, three Bug Delver decks, and one Esper Delver deck. Oh, I forgot to mention that I also put in um, re- results from one Magic Online tournament, which was a uh, weekend challenge. Okay. It was usually have something about larger. 60 yeah. to something people, and that's like an actual tournament with Swiss results. Um, and that Esper Delver deck was in the Magic Online tournament. So three Grixis, three Bug Delver decks. Uh, next, 
big archetype was Stoneblade. There were five Stoneblade decks. There was a Bant deck, uh, which I grouped separately from the other blue-white decks, um, just because it's a different kind of plan with the eight dorks that actually won the Titanium Games Open. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, I came in second in the Titanium Games Open. Uh, then there were four copies each of Checkpile, Storm with one test deck, and Elves had four decks. There were three Dark Depths combo decks, and then three Lands decks plus one Bug Lands decks. That's seven Merit Lage decks. And the big one to talk about first, there were three Miracles decks in these out of these six top eights. There, it won the uh, Grand Prix Kyoto side event, and it won the Prague MKM. I believe the Prague one was Esprit with like some black cards. And the Grand Prix Kyoto one, I think, was just blue-white. So, what do you think about... This is a pretty nice result for this new Miracles deck, right? Yeah, I mean, the I... Before we had Sam on, I would have relegated this deck to a... Playing for fun, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, possibly, deck. That you're just running until you figure out what deck to play. Um, but this actually seems like the deck to play if you used to play Miracles. This deck's putting up real results. It it gets really out of control with Monastery Mentor. It's like it's like a mentor deck now. I think pretty much mm-hmm. like you just kind of control the game, and then your you get a mentor down, and then your cards all put more cards in your hand. Yeah, and you're basically doing what the Vintage Mentor deck is doing, but you have the option of playing four brainstorms and four ponders. Yep, and whatever Madam Portents or predicts. I played against this deck in the sort of new um, Mentor version. Uh, not tonight, but a couple weeks ago. And Mentor is a is a really good card. That thing gets out of control pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that is what pushed uh, pushed Miracles over the top when top was in. Uh, pun intended or not intended. I mean, I complained a lot about Miracles. I don't mind this deck because I really just hated Counterbalance. So yeah, <laughs> as long as I don't, I'm not getting locked out by Counterbalance top, I don't really mind. Um, Do yeah. You- do you play differently? Would you if you were going to a big event now, not the twelve player event we just had. Yeah. <laughs> if you were going to a big event, would you think about this deck and what would you what would you consider doing like in the Rugdelver deck you played tonight? Um, I think I would leave my deck pretty much the same as far as the sideboard's concerned. Um, I'm not to a point yet where I think that this is enough of a threat for me to be playing Winter Orbs in my sideboard or main deck for that matter. Um, but if this deck starts to pick up a little bit, and we're still seeing the same number of lands decks, people who play lands don't, like, jump off of that deck and onto, like, another deck. Right. It's, it's, a, it's enough of a creep as far as the amount of money that you spent to get to this point to be able to play this deck that I think you just keep playing it. But um, if I start to see more and more uh, of this deck and of the uh, lands deck, I could see bringing back the Winter Orbs and, uh, and trying to fight this deck. But right now, I think I'm happy to only see either one of these decks once once in a tournament, and, and I'm cool with that. I uh, I think if this deck takes off and Lands is still doing this well, and we can talk about that in a second, I'm on Ankh of Mishra. Ankh of Mishra is a pretty in- interesting in one. Yeah, yeah, in Rug, in Rug, yeah. of course. Ankh of Mishra is a pretty interesting card because, you know, you're already pressuring your life total. It's, it's sort of a non-bow with Stifle, but... Uh, 
it's still pretty good. Your opponent needs to play lands. You're wasting their lands. You're stifling their lands. They need to get those into play. And these decks must have, like, a, a basic land advantage against you. And Ankhamistra still hits basics, so that's good. Yeah, I feel like the, the um, you know, these decks are trying to a lot of lands into play. It's a good way to win the race, more so than Winter Orb, which I think is an okay card. But I feel like this Miracles deck could beat a Winter Orb. Yeah. You know? Not like the other winter, the other Miracles deck. Like, I don't know. I feel like it could beat a Winter Orb a little easier. Unexpectedly absent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, at the end of your turn, and then they get to untap. Ugh. All right. Well, I don't know. I think it's cool. I um, I played Rug Delver, actually, last Friday. I pl- You played a standard build tonight, though. I saw, I saw you with two true names in play. Two true names, two goyce. Yeah. I played it with four Narnum Renegades and four Hooting Mandrills. <laughs> uh, my feeling was that I could attack into all these Gurmag Anglers that are everywhere with the Narnum Renegade, and I just, Mongoose is just not happening for right now, it seems. Um, and I went 2-1. and one. I actually felt like it was pretty good. Um, I played against Grixis Delver, which was really fun. He had Stifle, too. He had Stifle and Cabal Therapy. Oof. I just had Stifle. But whoever won the die roll just basically steamrolled the other yeah, person. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like it's really tough to 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 get going against the de- like the Delver Mirror is definitely dependent on on whoever has the the best opening seven slash who gets to go first. Uh, and in that case, it sounds like who gets to go first is really really advantaged. I only brought that up because I feel like Rug is a really good Mishra deck, <laughs> and um, that. I think the the deck is probably pretty playable right now. Like, I load up on removal. I think you and I are you, dif- you and I differ on how you feel about removal. I'm I'm a seven removal cards guy in my rug deck. Uh, I play two dismember and one fork bolt, and obviously four lightning bolts, yeah. uh, and then three uh, spell pierce in my flex slots. And I play the second fork bolt instead of the third spell pierce, so it's not that much. But I just like loading up because I feel like I'm going to play against creatures more. Well, creature decks are definitely out there right now. That's for sure. Um, and like with like you know it's like twelve to fourteen virtual counter spells against Storm, you know with counting Stifle there, so not going to lose your combo matchup. But uh, so anyway, and of course we did see seven Delver decks, none of which were Rug. There was a Bug deck that had Nimble Mongoose in it though. <laughs> so it was Nimble Mongoose bug Death Threshold. Right? Bug Threshold was what it was called. Um, I mean, I just feel like, I never really feel like this is a problem. I feel like Delver is a beatable deck, and I just feel like a lot of people play it. Like, once you buy the lands, the rest of the deck is, like, 60 bucks. Yeah. So. Especially, yeah, I mean, Grixis, like, what it, your best cards are literally commons after you get your lands. Yeah, right. I saw a stack of death rates in the case at the store tonight. That must have been all from modern players who, like, sold it, like, two years ago. Yeah. Um, this Esper deck, I believe it had Stoneforge Mystic in it. Uh, our friend Tim was streaming with it the next day, but he had Monastery Mentor. It's an interesting idea. Um, I just, I don't know, Swords Plowshares, Stormforge Mystic with Delver. Delver's a good card. That's what it comes down to. You yeah. can play with a lot of stuff. Um, seven Merit Lage decks. Three traditional lands decks, plus one Bug Lands deck, which we've seen floating around. And then three Dark Depths combo decks. Do you, do you think this is because the next... If there's seven of these Merit Lage decks, there's seven Delver decks. Is that is that your angle of attack against Delver? Try and get Merit Lage into play. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the that or, um, I mean, like, what are you gonna play? Like quicksand, you know? Like, I, yeah. 
Uh, you know, Barbarian Ring is a possibility. The regular lands deck obviously has Punishing Fire, which is a thing you can do, and, you know, Waste Lock. Bug deck. The Bug deck doesn't have Punishing Fire, but it has some other stuff. The Combo Depths deck is interesting. Like, it's basically a Storm deck, right? Because they have, like, a bunch of discard spells to protect their combo, but then they just kind of, like, it's all land drops. I don't know, that deck does very well. There was a Depth slash Reanimator deck also in one of these top eights, which we've seen around a little bit. Yep. Um, I'm a Merit Lage fan, and now, now you never leave home without some sort of sacrifice effect, right? What yeah. did you have tonight? Submerge? Uh, no, I actually went naked and didn't even play a uh, Gilded Drake, much oh. to my chagrin, because... I ended up playing in Show and Tell, and my only out was uh, was a Gilded Drake, and uh, I didn't have one to even hope to draw. I don't think I had anything. I think I had Wasteland Surgical. That's not, that was my plan. Had a John. I might have had a Diabolic Edict, but Merit Lage is is on the rise. I think you know. You got, I think you got to respect it. I wonder if we'll start seeing some more of these combos that were in our Devastation. If the if the combo the, seems like, good, combo? yes, Lemnity, Mirage Mirror, they are out there. Like, Solemnity just hold up a crop rotation and they, you know, can't tap out mm-hmm. or just lose. It's sort of like playing against Splinter Twin. There were four check pile decks among these top eights. I still don't know how this deck does anything. This is the other deck that I think uh, is good against. Yeah, I mean, any deck that's... Pl- like, the, the, that deck can run off of three three lands for sure. But, um... I think if you're a Wasteland deck, you have to put them back into the game. you got to get back into the game against that deck, and that's one of the ways to do it is to just, like, pressure them with, like, six points of damage from their from, from your Onk. Yeah. Like, that's... Your Onk is basically, like, an, a price of progress that, like, you can control the amount of damage on as far as you're concerned. I mean, a fetch land is five. It's, like, you take five. It's five damage, yeah. You get that thing it's down. It's pretty good. That's a must-counter card. I don't know. I'm, I'm, on, I'm not on this, not on this Anka Mishra idea. I can't think of about anything else. <laughs> I mean, there, there's the decks where an Anka Mishra is not necessarily going to do anything for you. There were four Storm decks. One test deck, but I think Storm is an interesting deck right now. I mean, it's just so powerful when the person knows how to play it well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't know how to play it particularly well, and I, I was winning every, every game that wasn't against Black-Red Reanimator. <laughs> yeah. Played against that tonight. Did not go my way. Played two Swamps. That was what I did. <laughs> um, four Elves decks. Um, I, I don't know. Like, you got Check Pile. You've got five Stoneforge decks. You've got seven Delver decks. Elves seems like a pretty good choice. This Miracles deck is probably not as good against it as it used to be either. No, I mean, how many times can you uh, uh, get, like, all those dudes off the board? And if they, if they have a swing in against you one time, like, you're not playing as much counter magic as you were playing before. You can't lock them out of the game like you could before. So I think that, you know, you have those, uh, you know, what, two, two times a game you, you could expect to cast Terminus. But if they can have enough cards in their hands, they can just go keep going after you terminus, um, then it's going to be tough for it's going to be tough for you to get back into the game if you're miracles. Yep, I, I don't know. I, I wonder how good it, I, I've been playing elves online, and I don't even I don't know what I'm doing. If as long as I don't play against a uh, combo deck, I never sideboard. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just like, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll do it again. We'll see. You put some guys into play, and I'll, then, I'll, then I win. Um, and I think that was all the major archetypes that had more than three appearances. Um, there were a couple other things that were interesting. There was an actual junk deck with Dark Confidant and Stoneforge Mystic, like, you know, after Whoa. my own heart. That player uh, topped the Channel Fireball event, so congratulations to him. Uh, there was an Eldrazi and Taxes deck, and two Death and Taxes decks, and one Maverick deck. So I guess that's sort of like four Thalia decks, which, you know, I don't know how good Thalia is right now. It just gets eaten, <laughs> it gets destroyed by stupid Gurmag Angler. Um, and there was one, okay, out of all of these, what, I talked about six tournaments, there was one show-and-tell deck in the top eight. And I think in the full, um, if you look at all the uh, um, decks from the Magic Online Challenge, like the top 32 I think they post, there was zero show-and-tell. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, like, it seems like an okay meta for show-and-tell to be in, actually. Um, if the best decks are Grixis Delver, which is not a great matchup per se, but, like, you at least know that matchup if you're if you're a show-and-tell player, and, and you have those, like, did I just oops-I-win, like, games. There's not a lot of oops-I-win in any of these decks. There's the one test deck, and then there's one Aloran deck... So and that's like oops I win but on turn twelve yeah you yeah it's not like oops I win it's on like turn splinter two. twin and modern you don't necessarily just throw the combo into play you just play you play an attrition game until your your opponent can't win and then there were two reanimator depths two reanimator decks one of which was the reanimator depths I wonder if dark depths is a new just like oops I win hotness mm-hmm. that does my does my I mean answer uh, twenty twenty. Indestructible 2020 versus Emrakul. I think that the Indestructible 2020 still loses here. Yeah, but not. It's not. You're not in that matchup all the time, right? No, yeah. True. I don't. I think it's very. It's very hard to play against for a lot of the fair decks, and I don't. I don't know. Maybe people are sort of slow to respect that. It's a thing that can happen. Um, not that. What are people going to play? Crackling Doom. Yeah, like, like that's yeah. It seems uh, like it's this it. bug deck has crackling like, doom doesn't even do it, does it? I think it destroys the highest. Oh, it's sacrifice. sacrifice. It's sacrifice. Okay. I was just looking at my crackling doom. So yeah, like, oh, yeah, what am I gonna put these in the deck? No, um, Caracas. You, I mean, they know how to play around Caracas. They know how to play around any sort of bounce effect or swords of plowshares. They know how to play around edict effects with uh, Dryad Arbor and Sylvan Safekeeper. Mm-hmm. And they can and play around submerge. Right, they don't have to play Forest, play their like Bloom and Marsh. And that's just for the combo versions, like the all-in. The lands deck just incidentally wins with it, and then they probably just board a tireless tracker. And <laughs> that destroys you. Yeah. Um, I had tireless tracker in my deck tonight, and I played Jund, like a stock Jund list, but I cut the Bloodbraid Elves to try tireless tracker and Chandra, Torch of Defiance. And you had a Excavator in there. And a Ramanup Excavator yeah, in yeah. an Unearth. <laughs> And I did nothing meaningful the entire night except cast Tarmogoyfs like a regular John person. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much what I did tonight was cast Tarmogoyfs. Uh, will you tell everyone about stacks? Oh, man. So in the third round, I played against uh, this guy, Adam. He was on a, a stacks deck that was uh, pretty intense. He was running, um, what was it, Sundrop? It's Sundroplet, yeah. Sundroplet. Uh, and he had Zorn Orb, 
and several lodestone golems were, were cast against me. None of them stuck, thankfully. Um, he had Inventor's Fair. Uh, what else did he have in that deck? I mean, he had uh, Ensnaring Bridge. He was playing some of the deserts that make zombies. When, <laughs> like, the, the deck was all over the place, but not for nothing, it beat my rug deck. It's, and that could be the uh, pile of cards theory that we talk about every now and again for rug, but... Uh, it looked like a pretty. It was a fun deck at the very least. If it wasn't, if it wasn't great. Fun is a zero sun game. I walked over to your matchup and he had a chalice on one, a chalice on two, a sphere of resistance, an ensnaring bridge, and a sun droplet. <laughs> and then he was gaining one life a turn from his inventor spear every turn. Yeah. While you had two true names that could not attack through the bridge. Yeah. I needed the true names out a little bit earlier. Uh, I needed four land because he had out. A, a thorn of amethyst, so I need a fourth land so I can play a true name. But uh, uh, then I would have been able to attack him a couple of times, um, and that's fine if he gains like two life a turn. But I, I, I'm like actually bringing him down, and I had a sulfuric vortex in my hand, so I had the three cards I needed against him. But I didn't draw my fourth land to cast any spells for like five turns. Meanwhile, he's got two ghost cords in play. He didn't ghost cord me. I thought he could have just. Stone aged me out of the game, but he he didn't. It didn't matter. I didn't draw the lands I needed. I met. I don't know. He must have known you didn't have basics, but you never know. I had a basic in my rug deck because I accidentally left volcanic island at home. Decided in a basic forest because I saw Sam show up, and Sam is notorious for playing like Esper Stoneblade and playing uh, Wasteland into Surgical Extraction on my on my tropical islands. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just take this misdirection out. I'll put in this uh, forest, and I'm going to keep playing magic against this guy. You did that four Misties for Wooded Foothills. I know that's not what you have, but... <laughs> I have three foot of Wooded Foothills and four Misties. Oh, you do have Misties. I thought yeah, you said yeah, you had yeah. something else. Sorry. I know. And I have one Flooded Strand. Uh, and I, I go back and forth between what lands I want to play in particular, but uh, I think I want to be able to fetch that forest if I need it. Although I had thought about just playing uh, a one main deck uh, Taiga... Yeah, same situation, but never never works like you want it to. You draw no, the days. You always draw it like on turn one with a handful of blue cards. It's, it never fails. <laughs> I don't know. I love I love playing rug. Every time I'm winning with it, I'm like, how do I ever lose this deck? And the answer is easy. But like, played against with it. Uh, I played against like a bug control deck. That was a pretty big, pretty bad slaughter. It's hard for me. Um, that was just hard. But then I beat. The Grixis player, and then I beat Nick Fit. I played against three Deathrite Shaman decks, and I beat two of them. Like, I felt pretty good about that. Um, but it's so nice. Like, I will say this about the Narnian Renegade, uh, including Mandrill's plan, mm -hmm. is that you never even have to tap two lands to put anything into play. No, no, you're good. It's always tapping one land, and I feel like that makes a big difference. Like, it's weird in rugs, someone to be like, oh, I gotta tap out for this Tarmogoyf. But, you know, I mean... I don't know, if, I'm not saying that that's going to be, like, a, the best way to play this deck. I definitely had a lot of 1-2 Narnan Renegades in play because I didn't have fetch lands. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I have to play this. Um, but I also definitely, like, had people reading it and then, like, picking up their Gurmag Angler and then reading it again and then looking back at their Gurmag Angler. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Like, it is nice you can just sort of keep attacking with it. Um, and the Hooting Mandrills was really good against, like, Young Pyromancer. Yeah, being the like, trample is a funny thing. It's it's the evasion that you. Uh, it's not the evasion you want, but it's the evasion you deserve. Yeah, it's the evasion you get. Yeah, you know, 
and green. Like, there's not a lot of evasion. Speaking of no evasion, so I watched this Titanium Games, uh, the top, part of the top eight of it from the uh, In-N-Out Burger drive-thru. I was getting a <laughs> burger for my daughter. It was a long line. And I texted you, do you remember? Did I text you a picture? This guy, the guy playing Maverick, had two 7-7 seven, seven knights in play. Oh, yes. And Athalia. The other guy had one true name. And who won? The guy with true name won, of course. Of course he won. You know he, the, that he drew a sword to plowshares, he killed one of the knights, the other one was just fogged. Then uh, Maverick player basically just like destroyed all of his own lands to try and get the other guy to wasteland him out or to grow knight. Whatever he was trying to do. He's just trying to find some way. He ended up getting a guy's cradle and playing and going to equip in the same turn a uh, sort of fire nice. He couldn't do it with the, with the knights. He just, he just used knight to get the guy's cradle. But he goes put on Stalia, and the other player plays, um, the band players, the band still plays uh, Zealous Persecution, which kills Stalia. Now, he might have had a win if he had been able to stick it to the Kasali Pride Mage. That he had to play, but he didn't want the surprise mage to get swords because he knew the other player had some sort of equipment stick in his true name. Mm-hmm. So, the way that was played, he could have put on his knight and still lose his swords. The only card he really lost to that was not on the radar was Zell's Persecution. I don't know. I still feel like true name's a stupid card. Like, yeah. the guy had two 7-7s seven and lost against his 3-1, and the knight was like, he gained like 15 life. Because off all the swords of plowshares on the knights, and he still lost because True Name just got into a batter skull. Oh, it was so miserable. I don't know. I mean, this is not anything against the player who I like on this, the the band player who I who uh, I think his name is Tom. I've I've met once. And he's a nice nice guy. And not against nothing against him. I certainly love playing band, but like, jeez, I'm like, watch this guy. I remember telling Zach, watch this guy lose. <laughs> True Name Nemesis, man. That card is. It's the best magic card that you can cast for three mana when your opponent's playing a fair game. It really is. It really is, isn't it? Like, I don't know, man. Like, what's he going to do? I mean, trample. He could try and give his knight trample. He could knight up a rogue's passage. That was suggested. Knight up a rogue's passage. I mean, Like, just, at that point, like, why not just, like, splash red and play... Uh, what's it called? A team or battle rage or something like that. Or just play Berserk. Or, or Berserk. Yeah. Berserk is a card you should play over Team or Battle Rage if you ever have a if chance. You're, if you're in Legacy and you're playing <laughs> green, yeah, you play Berserk. I mean, that is a consideration. It is, it is, I use Knight as, like, my number one example of, like, why True Name sucks. But I actually don't think that Knight, <laughs> Knight might actually just be bad for other reasons right now. Yeah. Like, Tireless Tracker has been good. Like, I think it's a good card. Draw a bunch of cards and it still gets pretty big. I don't know. Just an aside because I... <laughs> I was watching this this match, and it was like an interminable in and out line. And I think he was dead by the time we got the other. <laughs> Jesus! Oh come on, man! Just once I want to see Maverick win. Though he gets top four, so good for him. Um, what else we got? Any anything of interest to our? I can't think of a whole lot. I mean, we we saw some uh, activity uh, when I posted last week uh, on the on the. Uh, Reddit uh, legacy page, that was uh, that, that was, was interesting. interesting. I think we had we had some okay discussion around the edges. I, I mean, I hope that people understood that we were just. I, I I felt that there was a lot of discussion about whether or not the format is getting too samey and too like 
on rails. Yeah. And it's funny, because, like, we played tonight, and there's a guy with stacks, and there's a guy with burn, and there's, you know, I was on John, you're on rug. So it's like, that's why I want us to look at the paper results tonight, though. There's, yeah. a, little bit, there's a little bit more variation if you look at paper. You know, I, I, think, I think the thing that to take away from, from uh, a lot of this is that the top eight of these tournaments might be a little samey, but the road to the top eight is not as samey as you would think it is. You know, you're not just seeing Bant, Bant decks and Stoneblade decks and Grixis decks. You're seeing a lot that isn't making it into the top eight. Um, and then once once you get out of, like, round four, yeah, you're going to see a lot of the same decks. But the initial, the, those first four rounds in Legacy is, is anything. It's just, like, whatever you, you could muster together to bring to this tournament. So, um... Do I think that Legacy is is stale? A little bit, but I don't think that it's so stale that like we need to go ban crazy. Do I think Deathrite Shaman is a is a card that people should be able to play in black? I don't. Uh, but you know, I'm not trying to change anyone's mind about that. I think Snapcaster. Uh, we talked. We touched on Snapcaster. I think Snapcaster is fine. Um, it's not being abused. Uh, yeah. It certainly could be abused, but it's not being abused, so I think that card's fine. I think we're talking about, when we talk about these topics, it's more like, do we wish this card had never been printed? You know? Yeah. Uh, personally, now that I play with Deathrite Shaman, I kind of wish it hadn't printed, so I could actually not feel bad about not having it. Yeah. But I would feel, like, pretty miserable not being able to play it in a yeah, lot of decks of I like. And, like, True Name, it's like, yeah, it's a three-man, like, you just daze it. Just daze it! You know? But, you know, I don't always want to do that. Snapcaster, I just wish wasn't... I wish it had been red. I know why it's blue, but I wish it was red or something. Like, just something that would make you think a little bit longer about how to build your deck instead of just being like, this just goes in here because I already have all this stuff, you know? I mean, you have access to dual caster mage, Nate. I do. I know. Actually, you know what? I had, et oh, I had Eternal Witness in my little box of potential cards to play tonight. And I was thinking, I'm going to unearth my internal witness, then get back my unearth. I'm like, oh yeah, it's almost as sick as doing it with Snapcaster. Yeah. Almost. Almost. Almost, yeah. but not quite. Um, I mean, so there's like, there's, these effects are out there. It's, I don't know, I, I feel like, um, I feel like the format's okay, like, for right now. I don't really want to begrudge anyone for feeling like, but I also wouldn't begrudge people for saying, for example, like, I feel like I have to play this certain kind of deck yeah. to do well. Um, and, you know, to see two, see two Miracles decks win is kind of funny after all that, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean... I, These I, big events, 209 I'm, players. I'm rooting for, for you know, non-underground non sea fair decks to, to get back out there, truthfully. I think that that's, that's the future of Magic the Gathering, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to hope. But, uh, you know, there... The underground sea decks to me are like the Yankees, you know? It's just like the <laughs> evil empire. It's just like, yeah, we get it. You like to draw cards, and you don't mind paying life to look at your opponent's hand take cards away. The cards that you have access to are just that good. And, you know, whatever. That's fine. You can be the evil empire if you want to be the evil empire. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good way of putting it. I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, that's sort of how I felt about Miracles. At the time. Oh, for certain, yeah. I felt that that, well, was, that was the same situation. You were literally the Yankees. Well, it's interesting, though, because I feel like with this, with the way that the deck is built now, it just is so satisfying to see, like, a predict. Like, an old, a portent. Like, these old bordered cards. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? 
Like, look, look at how good these old border cards still are. Even though I still get like my, my face kicked in by the deck. At least yeah. I don't. At least I'm not getting counterbalance locked. At least it's like old times where you have to hit me with a counter spell. Well, with that, let's go buy some uh, cavernous souls. Yeah, <laughs> it's time. So I think that might be it for the week. Yeah, so I, uh, we hope you enjoyed our live-ish show. The first I mean, I live show, like, episode 46. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're in the same room. And, uh, yeah, have a good night. Have a good one, everybody. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Where does he get those wonderful toys?